back to another episode of Us Anxious Folk. I am here with Annie, who is from South Australia, which is my hometown, so that's exciting. Um, (laughs) Annie is um, a lovely, lovely lady with two beautiful children. Um, So I'm really excited to talk about some parenting stuff because we haven't yet done that on the show. Um, And I believe you were doing a law degree and now... I was. So I was studying a law degree and I've actually switched over. So now I'm doing a counselling diploma but also um, a Bachelor of Behavioural Science and Mm -hmm. Neuroscience. So I kind of overlooked it but... (laughs) I'm just, yeah, I'm a lot more engaged in it than I was in law. I just don't think law was really the right path for me, but it just took me like, you know, a year and a half to work that out. So that, I feel like that happens for everyone. Like you start doing something yeah. and then you're like, actually, this is not yeah, what I want yeah, to do. Yeah, it doesn't quite fit and you've got to make it, yeah. So I made the change and I'm definitely happy that I made that change. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. Okay. Um, well, welcome to the show. Happy to thank have you, you here. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's just jump right in. Tell me your anxiety story. Okay. So I think like reflecting back, I mean, actually it was probably a bit of a walking contradiction as a kid because one part of me <laughs> liked to perform like on stage and sing and that sort of thing. And then the other part of me, I was actually quite shy mm. Um you know, I'd have these little, I call them quirks. I do hate that term, but if I'm sort of looking in the past, they were my quirks. I'd have to do things like I'd open birthday presents. I'd have to leave the room that everyone was in and I'd have to go and like open presents in other rooms. Um, my mum did say that there were a few little flags that I may have actually had obsessive compulsive disorder from a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'd have little sayings that I'd say with her, like, you know, if she was going somewhere, we'd have like a, a goodbye saying. And if I stuffed it up, I'd have to start again and I'd have to keep repeating it until I got it right. Um, yeah. So I kind of, that was childhood teenage years I was very social again like I was I didn't have any issues with going out but you know um life was a little bit turbulent I suppose for some of those years um and then as an adult I really probably got hit well I had my first panic attack at like 18 19 and then but I really got hit with the anxiety pretty bad like maybe a year and a half ago and I think it was just after sort of all the stuff growing up my predisposition but then some rather significant traumas happened um sort of leading up to having my firstborn and then after having him and I became a little bit probably more reclusive um and adopted a lot more like safety behaviors and things and then I think it kind of just spiraled a little bit out of control after that it does Um, (laughs) as it does you know I'm still I'm still not quite you know I am healing it's still a process but even today like my son is three and a half now um and I've got a two-year-old daughter as well she's actually two and a half but even now like there's still a lot of days when doing things that I used to do like going to the shops or going for a walk just seem too hard Mm -hmm. um and there's still like a lot of frustration and stuff around that I've still got the OCD it still sort of um hits from time to time Um, And I'm kind of just having to learn at the moment just to allow those sorts of thoughts to sit and kind of not interact with them at all. It's still that learning process that I'm kind of in the middle of at the moment. So Mm -hmm. it's been a journey. It's still a journey. (laughs) There's a lot of journey ahead, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. um, 
Yeah, yeah. So that's sort of me. So I think it's very sort of stereotypically like nature versus nurture, mm-hmm. you know, that they talk about in psychology. I think there was that predisposition, but then there was sort of events and traumas that kind of really triggered it. And now perhaps that I am starting to unpack it and I have more knowledge on what's actually going on, it's sort of flaring up before it really yeah, starts yeah. to Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm curious to hear more about the OCD because it's not something we've talked about on the show um yet how does that manifest for you now like I know as a kid you sort of touched on that a little bit yeah so probably more as a kid it was little things like I'd have physical rituals like you know I'd have to I'd get the urge to like have to touch certain parts of the bench or like mm-hmm. little things like that or um I might do something, but I'd have to like count to five or do something five times. It was always sequences of five or, mm-hmm. um, you know, with that little goodbye ritual with my mum, if I didn't say it correctly, something bad was going to happen. Um, there's some things that I think there's a lot of crossover between like my generalised anxiety and my OCD. So sometimes it's hard to kind of completely differentiate mm-hmm. you know, what's what, but um I think a lot of this is probably my OCD. Um, you know, if uh, say I got a thought or something that was a bit, because that's, you know, part of OCD is it latches onto like your fears and the things that you value and it sort of sends that that messaging that's really the opposite of, you know, either what you think or it really highlights something that you're fearful of. Mm-hmm. So say I, you know, um, say a joke and it was something that wasn't or I'd have a thought it was something I wouldn't normally feel comfortable thinking or saying I'd then have to like go oh touch wood and five times you know on the foot like it was very very strong like that and I didn't really know at the time what that was I just thought it was like a quirky characteristic of mine um but now I think it manifests more I guess it's more just mental and mental compulsions so um I might get thoughts like um oh if I don't say drive safe like to whoever's going to go in the car you know they're going to definitely have a car accident and it's going to be because I be because I didn't say drive safe like it's that kind of thing and um maybe like sort of thoughts fears there's definitely the um intrusive thoughts about worrying that I might slip into like a psychosis and that can be quite quite strong Mm -hmm. um you know irrational things that in my logical mind I know make no sense and aren't even a thing like what if I accidentally you know start stop loving my family one day or what if I you know um I've never been suicidal but it does latch onto that fear of what if I get to the point of losing control and you know um just not wanting to fight anymore and it will latch on that for a while and I'll ruminate on it for a while if I do engage and then like the mental compulsion side of it would be analyzing arguing back with it um research yeah researching why I'm getting those sorts of thoughts um Mm -hmm. but that is actually the like the ritual that's keeping that going so that's where it's at now it's probably a lot more mental there's less like physical counting that sort of thing but it's definitely still there (laughs) yeah yeah um the thing with OCD is from what I understand is you can't ever sort of cure yourself of it completely but it's just how you respond so that's kind of what I'm having to work on a lot more at the moment Mm -hmm. it's funny you said that um you know your logical brain knows Mm. that these things have never happened or aren't going to happen and it just struck me then that 
like I reckon 99% of things we say do think are not logical I don't think we're what? logical creatures by any means yeah yeah and yeah. We, it's like we have this ex- expectation of ourselves to be logical and yeah. to be rational yeah. and just yeah. nothing we do is really <laughs> so like if I could write out all the thoughts that I get with my OCD it's like what the actual hell yeah <laughs> That does not make any sense. <laughs> yes, yes. But, you know, it just, it triggers that part of our bodies and brains that, it, like, you know, the emotional side holds so much more weight and can really sway what we do. So I, I, I've I, never had that thought of, you know, if I don't say drive safe to someone that they're going to mm. have an accident, but I can imagine how much that would just pull at you. Oh, it's overwhelming because as much as, like, I mean, again, I'm getting, you know, I do have more periods of being better now, but say I really tried not to do it back in the day, I would just get, yeah, my heartstrings would just be so yeah. tight for the rest of the day. I'm like, I didn't say it. I've just got to say it. Like, yeah. I'd end up texting my husband a bit later. Do I say? Yeah. <laughs> I've got to say it. Yes. I'm already there. <laughs> but, yeah, it does. You get that sort of feeling in the pit of your stomach, like, oh, God, you know, I know this is my OCD, but I really just need to say it because at the same time, my OCD brain is kind of really, yeah. you know, making it feel like it's a real thing. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'd be yeah. hard to shut off that emotional side when, you know, so much of our emotions is needed for every day and that's normal. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, where do you draw the line yeah, between line. this is dysfunctional and this is just normal yeah, yeah. emotions? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think. Sometimes I'm probably like I overanalyze now and I don't know if it's because I've done sort of like a bit of my study as well, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm constantly overanalyzing and then I go, is that my OCD analyzing or is that me actually wanting to, it's, it's yeah, weird. it's blurry. Yeah. So because speaking of your studying, tell me yeah. a bit more about that because I spoke to yeah. Alex on our last episode about that. Um, and it just like it blows my mind people that study you know along mm-hmm. with having quite dysfunctional anxiety because i can't even get through the day sometimes <laughs> like it's really hard like on the days that i'm really bad it's really difficult to open my books i find okay. there's a few things that it affects one my ocd kicks in and of course this is the thought why are you bothering you're never going to be able to work so what's the point in studying which is a completely untrue thing but my brain likes to just put that on a loop so I'll be trying to do my uni readings and I've got this going on I'm like shut up (laughs) (laughs) so there's that side there's obviously the side as well I guess when you're anxious you know your prefrontal lobe like that all kind of disconnects and that's Mm -hmm. what you need to retain the things that you're learning so I find like if I've got heightened anxiety I take a break I'm not I don't try and push myself to just get through it because I'm not going to retain the things that I'm learning so I just step up and I take a little bit of a break um I've been quite lucky that my uni actually have like access plans um so for people with mental illness or with disability so you know as long as you have the right documentary evidence um it basically means if you're struggling to meet a deadline or you might not be able to come to a class you can actually just give that plan to your topic coordinator and you know they'll allow you whatever you need to accommodate you so that's been amazing with my uni 
um also being you know the degree that I'm doing I find my topic coordinator has been just so lovely I've been quite open with her yeah um and for my counseling diploma it's self-paced so as I said if I'm feeling like I'm not going to be very productive in a study session because of anxiety I just will take a break until I'm in a better headspace to try and do it because there's no point otherwise yeah and that's sort of what works for me at the moment yeah yeah bloody sorry that's I didn't know that existed. I mean, I I thought there would be allowances um, for you know, obviously, if you're having some kind of like crisis at home. Yeah, but I didn't realize yeah. there was a whole plan in place. So that's yeah, good. Is. Yeah, it's really great. I didn't actually put one in place during law school because yeah. I was really stubborn for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> really hard on like, yourself. <laughs> it was like denials. I'm like, I don't need one. But then, yeah, getting into psych, I'm like, no, like, get a group. You need to get one of these things. Yes. And I did. And, yeah, it's been really good. So um, I am really fortunate. Mm-hmm. I have been online a lot this year with uni, though, obviously, because Understand. of COVID and so I am dreading going back on campus at the moment next semester. So I've got a lot of like self-work to do, I think, there. Yeah. Um, and that was obviously a challenge too, is getting back into that like social interaction, being on campus and that kind of thing. Because mm. um, the last time I was on campus, I had a really undignified panic attack in the lab. <laughs> <laughs> I literally ran out with one half of my lab coat on and my backpack. So <laughs> it's funny as soon as you make that association of like this bad thing happened there it's just so hard to then go back and tackle it again I know I'm like oh my god and like you know in our labs there's like 100 students or something crazy and Mm -hmm. you know I'm quite sensitive to light and sound obviously as part of the anxiety it's like white lab white lab coats everywhere bright lights and yeah yeah, it's not an ideal environment for someone with anxiety but I've got to go sorry I'm just gonna have to yeah work on my strategies and get back to the lab (laughs) do you do you find that um you worry about what people thought in that moment or do you have that that (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah but then reflecting after you know after my little cry in the car after it happened thinking oh my god I can never show my face at uni again um I actually don't think anyone noticed because (laughs) because I think I looked kind of put together other than the fact I was running out with my lab coat but we'd only just gone into the lab and I was like oh no like the fight or flight's kicking in it's like come on girl like just just stay I'm like no <laughs> grab yeah, the bag and people <laughs> walking in so yeah I don't know if anyone actually did notice but I do worry I'm like I think it does make you feel a little bit um not isolated but separate to everyone else and that mm kind of can make it feel worse like that yeah. sort of feeling of I'm not fitting in because you know yes. I've got going on so I've got this weird thing that everyone yeah. else seems to be coping well yeah. and I'm the weirdo yeah. yeah but then you know also you know the logical brain kicks in and goes but you don't know if those other people are experiencing the same thing but I think mm-hmm. in the moment it's really hard to remind yourself of that it is it's just me like you know yeah. 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 But then we also, like you said, we don't realize how well we are actually hiding it because yeah. so many people have yeah. no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we looked yeah. completely normal. I remember a Claire Weeks um, talk once. She said that, you know, the person running out of the auditorium because they're having a panic attack will always say, excuse me to the person next to them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're not like, get the fuck out of the way. We're just like, excuse me, sorry. Oh, you know, we're, we're actually so calm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That actually totally reminded me. 
so I love our local chemists. Like we know them really well. They're all the time for various things. I mean, kids and me for my meds. And they're so beautiful. And I was in there waiting for my script one day and I just felt like I have a panic attack every time I go in there. But this was (laughs) (laughs) And again, I felt it like kicking in and I very calmly on the outside walked up to the counter. I was like, do you guys mind if I just wait outside? I'm just having a panic attack at the moment and I just need to get (laughs) home the project. Like, oh darling like it's ready I was like oh I'll just put it through like did this really calm transaction but I was just dying like yeah. <laughs> and I think the look of shock was more like what the hell how is she having a panic attack right now I you know. know she looks so composed but we're yeah. so capable in those moments yeah. and we just yeah. you know it's like we we do sort of separate internally there's the part of us that's yeah. totally dying and then the part of us that's like I'll just do this normally <laughs> yes because I don't want them to know but at the same time I want to get out of here yeah yes that's so how up. how do panic attacks um like what sort of happens for you in a panic attack because obviously you have a sense that it's it's building right it's- <laughs> That feeling of doomed. I think the first thing is kind of like the sweats. It's very physical for me in a panic mm. attack. Like, mm. um, yeah, it's mostly physical. Like I, I get the sweats. I get really dizzy and that really freaks me out because then I start to get the anxiety about, oh, my God, is this the time that I actually am going to pass out? Mm-hmm. And that starts to get me panicking and then I get the fight or flight really kicks in. Normally I want to fly. Like I want to get the hell out of there. But yeah. Um, sometimes I'll just, I guess, fight by way of telling whoever I'm with that I am panicking and, you know, but when they're really bad, they're really bad. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. feel horrible. Like, yeah. And I think you do sort of feel like maybe all your senses are in overdrive a little bit and that fear of, you know, is this me going into a psychosis or something finally really sort of hits when it's a bad attack and then yeah all the other lovely bits and pieces that come with it yeah yeah all body shuts down yeah yeah. do you um obviously being a parent you have panicked in front of your kids I know I've panicked in front of Lila so many times um how do you navigate that and how do you find parenting being a mum with anxiety I think I kind of do do that masking thing a little bit in front of the kids Mm -hmm. Um, although I did go through a stage of having panic attacks that would make me cry like I'd just cry and I think it was that feeling of pure like frustration that I was having them Um, and that did happen once in front of the kids and my daughter sort of piped up from the back seat and it was really sweet. And she goes, you're okay, mum, you can do it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I think she must have listened to my husband or something. And, yeah, so that was kind of good. Like, I try to hide it, but at the same time, I think it's good that she's learning emotion maybe that comes alongside. Yes. You know, she doesn't exactly know what it was, but she knew that mummy was sad. And, yeah, mm-hmm. my son has no idea. So he <laughs> 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 didn't know what was going on, which was good. Um But parenting with anxiety, I think I was really triggered um, and it was really rough probably for the first six or so months with my son, Mm -hmm. Um, OCD, anxiety, panic attacks. I think, you know, just becoming a parent generally was really triggering because you have that added responsibility. But so my son, I think I've probably either seen it on Instagram, I might have told you, but 
um, he was born with a really rare eye condition and we actually had no idea that he even had it until he was born. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we spent maybe the first, like, we spent, can't get my words out, we spent like the first maybe two months with specialists and they were saying things to us like um, it could be a tumour, um, it could be this. It was a really stressful, stressful time um, and really, really heightened my fear of anything happening to him, which then consequently like kicked my OCD up. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I had to count his breathing five by five sets. Um, you know, I just wouldn't even leave the house. Sometimes I'd be scared, you know, because my OCD would say, oh, if you go for a walk, you might pass out and then someone will steal your son. Like it was really hard. Um, and I think it was, yeah, the combination of just becoming a mum, but then also what we we're going through, like the trauma, the medical trauma with Eli as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Lily, becoming a mum of two was actually a calmer experience than when I first had Eli. Like it kind of really just sort of fit. I was a lot more confident by then. I was on my medication and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I do still get some anxiety around like taking them out on my own and things with that sort of fear that I'm going to pass out, you know, and something might happen, blah, blah, blah. Um, and there's definitely anxiety around any time Eli's got to go to, like, a medical appointment or have a prosthetic eye, like, because he wears a prosthetic eye mm-hmm. um, put in. So he's got to have, like, general anaesthetics. We spend a lot of time in the hospital and that is very triggering as well for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you know, good and bad with <laughs> becoming a parent and anxiety, I think, one of the good things, though, is um, it forces me to do, like, exposures and actually do get out of – we do get out of the house, although I'm fearful of it because mm-hmm. I don't want them to miss out on anything because of my mental illness. Yep. So, yeah, I really try my best to, you know, keep doing normal things with them and, you know, not miss let them miss any of those things that they might do if I didn't have it, you know. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. They become good. good little sidekicks. I know that sounds a way to speak about your children. But. <laughs> like, I feel like I can tackle them to the supermarket when they're with me or like yes. a doctor's appointment. Um, and they're a good distraction because they, you know, they keep you so, so busy. So I yes. feel like <laughs> really anxious. Yeah, questions, yeah. Anxious. constant yeah. questions. Can I have this? Can I have that? Yeah. Like, yeah, so I think they're both good, but it's also been difficult. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I think um, what you said about, you know, your daughter piping up and saying you can do yeah, it. It's so cute. <laughs> it's, I, I've found that with Lila that um, sh- I think she's really learnt a lot of compassion just yeah. from dealing with yeah. my stuff, which, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. on one side I beat myself up for and I'm like yeah. I just wanted to have a normal childhood and not have to put up with that. But then on the other hand, I think – like the fact that I'm very emotional and that she sees that hopefully Mm. that helps her to not repress things and not try and hold back emotion yeah I think yeah no I um I feel a bit the same like sort of with Lily as well like I think in a way it is good that they do see you Mm. know having those emotions because we're their strong safe person so it's okay for us if we can have those they can have those too I think that's really important yeah, sorry. And, you know, you say I have had a bit of a panic um, and I've had a bit of a cry. I will often push that narrative. Um, I'll just say, oh, mummy was just feeling a little bit sad, um, had a bit of a cry, but that's okay. It's okay to feel a bit sad sometimes and we'll really sort of push that push that narrative. And I have found um, 
bless Eli, because Eli has also actually got global developmental delays. So mm-hmm. he's, his speech sort of isn't quite, and understanding isn't quite where Lily's at. So he's not quite comprehending it yet. But um, with Lily, she is now at the stage if she's angry, sad, frustrated or happy, she actually verbalises it. She'll tell me and she goes, I'm feeling happy or I'm mm-hmm. sad since we've pushed that narrative. So yeah. I think it is important. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully we're going to have, you know, the next generation are going to be these incredibly mentally healthy children. (laughs) I hope so. I really hope so. (laughs) But it is hard definitely navigating parenting um, in terms of, you know, dealing with panic attacks and I'm sure OCD, Mm. like you said, you know, the fear of passing out. That's hard. That's heavy. (laughs) And you try so hard. I think like I do really actively try to use coping strategies and things like that but occasionally you'll get that one thought you're like no this is this is it this is the time that you know it's going to happen and that's really difficult because I think that's when the OCD gains a little bit more of that control back when you do sort of give into that that particular fear that time Mm -hmm. Um, and that's really difficult. Yeah yeah I know that you've been working on um, a lot more compassion though and and kindness. I had to. I was, was, you know, I was getting anxiety and I was having these panic attacks and then I'd just go into this like downward spiral. I'd basically, you know, tell myself I was a failure and I was never going to get better and this was life now, you know, this whole big thing and it just, it wasn't doing my, it wasn't doing me any good. So Mm -hmm. I did really, and I am still trying to actively change that dialogue. Um, And so far, I mean, I've had, um like you know that disassociated bubbly kind of feeling that you walk around in and stuff but I've been able to cope with that a lot better and the panic attacks that I have had since changing that have been minor and like so so mild I've had maybe like one or two but I've been able to um use that positive self-talk and I think it's actually helped me to manage those attacks more like you know, I'll say things to myself if I feel that that bubbling that brewing that I might have one I just sort of say um, you're capable of getting through this, your thoughts can't hurt you, you know, you're safe. Um, or if I feel a bit defeated after I've had one, say, or had some anxiety or a cancelled a plan or something, I just basically say it's okay to feel defeated, um, but you're not failing, you're moving forward. You know, mm-hmm. I've really changed that dialogue and I think it's really been helpful. Yes, yeah. 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 I know that um, you had a video on your Instagram story the other day when you were driving and you said, yes, and you were like, you know, these thoughts can't hurt you. And it just, um, I loved that because it it reminded me of exactly how I feel like you might speak to your children if they were scared of something. Yes. Yes. That's exactly what it is. It's sort of like speak to yourself like you would speak to someone else or to your children if they were experiencing mm-hmm. the same thing it's like really doing I guess that inner child work like I haven't explored that a lot yeah. um, but I think it's sort of maybe scratching the surface of that and it is so true it really really helps yeah um, yeah. yeah so I do want to explore that a bit more like do maybe a bit more inner child work because I think there's a lot that needs to be done <laughs> there is it's funny like people yeah. scoff at that I know if I said yeah, that to my yeah, partner, you need to work on your so inner child like, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it really is like and I I think it goes back to that emotional side of us mm. um being so childish in a way like yes. yeah. <laughs> it yeah. really yeah. is childish and yeah. it doesn't respond yeah. to uh it doesn't respond to anger. It doesn't respond yeah. to, um, you know, it's like just... berating it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. 
yeah totally and I feel like my husband would be exactly the same he's like what are you <laughs> even talking about like what is this? <laughs> I actually said to my partner yesterday um I was like now don't laugh at me but do you think that your back pain stems from emotional repression as a child? <laughs> and he's like, no. <laughs> I think it stems from a lot of hard labour. Yeah. I'm like, mm, I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. I My just so funny. He's, yeah, never had anxiety in his life. So yeah. he's great, great support. But um, He seems yeah, like I a great support. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think that... I, I find that quite helpful because it's like I have this stable ground. Yes. Yeah. You know, like this just sort of pillar of strength. And so when I'm losing my mind, yeah. it's like I have something steady to cling to in a way. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, totally. I feel exactly the same, like with my husband, like with Nathan as well. I mean, even yesterday, for some reason, it might have been sleep deprivation. Again, analyzing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was in the bubble, like I had like depersonalization most of the day and I wasn't loving it. And I was a bit of a sloth like down on the couch for a while. Like, I'm just going to lie on the couch like for the day. That's it. Yeah. And he came down and he's like, come on, we're going to go for a walk. I was like, oh, no, like, I don't want to leave the house, you know. <laughs> and he got my socks and my shoes and my hat and he was like, no, we're going. Yeah. Out we went on the walk. He's like, let's go out for dinner. I was like, oh, let's not. Like, let's just go home and get some Uber. He's like, no, no, we're going to go get some dinner. So I was like, fine, fish and chips on the beach. You know, I don't have to yeah. sit in a restaurant. I have to be with people, whatever got to the beach he's like all right we're going into that pub for a meal and he just took me in and that's what I needed yes because you know I mean he's cautious he doesn't want to push me too far but I think he knows my limits and he will push me yes get me better and that's exactly what I need because it's easy for me to just hide at home and and cry and avoid everything so exactly and try and control everything and so having someone who sort of tests that control yes totally I think control is a huge um element of anxiety and I think potentially like when everything happened with my son when he was born and Mm -hmm. you know we didn't have the diagnosis yet I felt out of control for sure because I didn't know what was going on and I think that maybe was a big trigger Mm -hmm. um, for me then so yeah Yeah. for sure seems like a whole lot of parenting though really is just being totally out of control (laughs) and just (laughs) having to put up with it you know (laughs) I hate going out with them control they don't listen to me so I know it's it's hard um tell me about your routine uh I tend to ask this to everyone but yeah I'm always interested so my routine at the moment is really bad (laughs) I have really good intentions of having a good routine but me too (laughs) (laughs) so I guess I find it easier because I'm not working at the moment. I was working like a day a week amongst the kids and study, but I I pulled the pin on work when mm-hmm. I first started getting like a bit of the agoraphobia kicking in and whatever. So when I've got work on, I've got a better routine, but when I'm sort of studying and kids, it's a bit more loose. But I do try to fit in some sort of like, even if it's a five minute mindfulness exercise mm-hmm. a day where I can, or, you know, one, I guess it's not really, or it might be part of my routine, um, is that positive self-talk, like I make a conscious effort mm-hmm. to kind of give my, myself a few good messages um, yeah. in the day. Um, and, yeah, I mean, in a perfect world I'd go for a walk every day, but some days I don't. <laughs> but I do, I do really want to work on my routine and I think as part of this healing that's going to be really important yeah. um, as well. So, yeah. yeah, my kids have routines. I just don't have one for myself, you know. <laughs> 
I can relate so hard to that. I feel mm-hmm. like I spend all of the day organizing everyone else's routine and yeah. making sure that theirs yeah. is running smoothly. And then mine yeah. is just like, it's just yeah. thoughts. It is like you said, yeah, it's yeah. good intentions. And then that's where it ends. Don't actually do the work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Like, yeah, it's constantly about, yeah, making sure everyone else is running smoothly, but kind of forgetting, you know, that you might need a bit of a routine yourself. So for sure. Yeah. And you, yeah. um, I know you write a fair bit as well. Um, yes. And you've, little- Yes, I'm going to link that in the show notes because Annie has this lovely Instagram account where she writes. Although I know you weren't being quite vocal about (laughs) who you were in the beginning, so it's okay. I've just unmasked you, sorry. (laughs) No, no, I unmasked myself because I was all like, oh, you know, maybe I'll be a little bit anonymous. And then I've been doing these videos where I'm talking. I'm like, well, that's gone out the window, so whatever. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so... Obviously, I didn't start that super long ago, but I do find it quite therapeutic just to, you know, although I'm just writing the captions, like I'm not sort of blogging, but always a kind of blogging, I guess. But it is really um, therapeutic to do that writing. And I think it's really good because it offers like some self-reflection a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And hopefully it's reaching other people and, you know, helping them a little bit. I mean, I found your channel, like when I was in the midst of everything last year and um, yeah, that really helped me. So even just helping with like the feelings of, oh my God, I'm the only person in the world experiencing this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So hopefully it helps other people in the same way, but. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, the masking helps us to a degree, but, mm-hmm. um, it then, I guess it adds to that, that sense that we're the only ones going through this. Um, yeah. and so, yeah. you know, when you're really, sort of vulnerable and open about what you're going through I think people just flock to it because they're like finally I can sort of be myself here <laughs> you know? I, relate to someone or like, yeah. um, I know for me sometimes like that intrusive thought around psychosis and that kind of thing which I think is a pretty common OCD thing yes um, when that's quite strong it also reassures me that that's it's lying to like the OCD is lying to me because there's other people experiencing this Mm-hmm. that aren't in you know a psych- you know it's just that fear of loss of control basically so yes. I think that other people are going through similar and haven't lost that control is also reassuring yeah also yeah reassuring. <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> there's a blurred lines again <laughs> I'm like oh maybe that's not so good so I can hear it coming out of my mouth I'm like oh I know what you mean though because I get that as well I'm like hang on is that a, like a safety behavior thought yeah thing, or is that just me actually self-soothing like, yeah. what is that yeah I know <laughs> ever since my psychologist made me aware of like safety behaviors I second guess everything I'm like oh I'm holding my phone out of the shop is that a safety behavior or am I just holding my brain like, I mean you can't not now because you have to check in everywhere so yeah, I, I can't exactly. put my phone away because I have to pull yeah. it out again exactly. I'll keep that one <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. No, but I think, I can't remember who I was talking to about it, but I said, I think safety behaviors to a degree are okay when they sort of get you out. And then once you're out, if you can then slowly start, you know. Yeah. 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 I have one of the weirdest safety behaviors that I'm actively trying to drop, but not having much. The trolley? (laughs) (laughs) I love this one. (laughs) Like I just can't. Every time I go to the shop, I need to have a trolley as if it's going to, like, hold me up or something. Like, what the heck? <laughs> I need a trolley. If I'm buying one thing, I must look like an absolute weirdo in the shop. I've got this massive trolley with, like, 
a box of tissues in it or something. I feel like there's a lot of nonnas that walk around the shops with yeah, a big what? trolley and just a handbag in it. Yes. <laughs> that's me. That's me going to the shop. <laughs> but I know we spoke about this a while ago and it was you were saying that um, there is a, a, what is it, like something that sort of makes you feel a bit lopsided or? TV. So it's like a vertigo kind of thing. Right. Um, yeah. Which I actually ended up being diagnosed. So I was sort of like, okay, is it that? Or there was something else. Um, I read an article and it was something to do with like when you're anxious, I think one side of your brain might be working a bit more than the other and it kind mm-hmm. of creates that feeling of going sideways, which I did have for a while, but I think it was sort of both both of those things. For sure, yeah. Um, and that's when the trolley sort of <laughs> kicked in and <laughs> I haven't dropped it since. So. <laughs> Love that trolley. <laughs> now I'm just avoiding the shops altogether. So. <laughs> Do you know what though? I think like it's funny that you can laugh at it because I think yeah, there yeah. are so many of those things that people will relate to. Like I know for mine, it's always I have a spare pair of underwear in my handbag. Yeah, drink yep. bottle. <laughs> yeah, and Don't it's like comment, but, you know, <laughs> really yes. it's just one of those things, and I mean, I. I kind of, in a way, I think it's fine. Like my daughter brings her bear everywhere and I'm totally cool with that, you know, if it makes you feel a little bit safer. Do just I can't take a trolley into Nathan's appointments. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're just coming home with a trolley and Nathan's like, okay, this has got to stop. Just in the backyard every time I have to leave the house. I was really sad because like the trolley kind of became the pram as well. So like if I was walking with the kids, I know they're like toddlers and they're pretty big, but I knew I needed the pram. Get in the pram. Yeah. It's like it's time to get rid of the pram. I'm like, what? (laughs) I can't get rid of the pram. (laughs) Oh, my God. But you do have to laugh. It is not funny in the moment, but when you reflect, you're like, what? (laughs) Yeah. It's one of those things that we just beat ourselves up for and you're like, at the end of the day, I really don't have to beat myself up for this. Yeah. Like, it's just a trolley. It's just a spare pair of undies. Like, it's not hurting anyone. Oh yeah. That's what I should do for work. Um, I should work, like, doing the trolleys at the shops or something. I wonder if, like, I wonder if um, doing more body work would help with that sensation. Maybe. Probably. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I do find... Like, so my exercise as well has been absolutely non-existent. <laughs> but when I do do something like last night, you know, going for a walk and that kind of thing, I actually felt better after. Mm-hmm. And when I do have sort of bits of that, you know, I'm on a boat feeling, I do like the vertigo exercises and that is quite physical. Like you mm-hmm. kind of move your head around quite a bit and that helps too. So, yeah, maybe. I actually think there's going to be a lot of people who listen to this and, and have that symptom and go thank god it's not just me (laughs) my doctor I was like I don't know if this is anxiety or if like I've got something going on in my ear yeah (laughs) I'm slightly (laughs) lopsided why am I walking to the left (laughs) that's yeah that's one of the someone on Instagram put it in a funny way the other day where he's like I woke up feeling a bit shit and then he's like and now we play is it anxiety or am I actually sick yeah. <laughs> and I was like that's yeah. I just I get that totally yeah oh my god yeah <laughs> oh, I just, oh my, all these things triggered it reminded me of um 
whenever when I had my my bags and I had a panic attack because I couldn't tell if it was like an allergic reaction. Yes. Yes. It was a panic attack. It was not an allergic reaction. That that was really hard. I was like, am I actually feeling this because I'm like allergic to something or am I having a panic? But it is well, it's confusing because like you said. Oh, I I felt so bad for you with that moment. I felt for you because I honestly I had that exact same fear of like if I yeah. react to it, how am I going yeah. to know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I don't know, you know, I can't tell. Yeah, my big thing was like, what's in my body now? What if I am allergic to it? How are they gonna, <laughs> how they gonna get it out? <laughs> yes, I know. Ridiculous. But then I think we have to give ourselves a little bit of um, space with that because. I know so many people who don't have panic disorder or agoraphobia mm. or OCD who <laughs> thought the same thing. And, you know, again, we beat ourselves yeah. up for thinking these things that a lot of other people are thinking too. So yeah. Yeah. it's not because we're sick. Compassion has to come back in again. Yeah. <laughs> this is okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's all good. Um, oh, so the last question I have for you, which is my favourite question to ask people. Okay. Um, <laughs> tell me, what would you say to either yourself at your worst or, you know, somebody who is going through the worst stage with their anxiety, somebody who's experiencing OCD, mm-hmm. um, what would be your advice to them? Sorry, it's probably something that when I'm at my worst, I hate hearing because I can't believe it. <laughs> We think that it is so important. Um, it's really simple, but it's that you can do this. You do have the capability to get through this and you are going to feel better. Mm-hmm. It feels like rubbish right now, but you are going to feel better. So you basically don't give up. Even when it feels like you want to, just keep pushing. Um, and if you can, get yourself a support crew, whatever that looks like for you, because I think having that support is also really, really important too. You don't want to have to um, battle it alone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think support is such a huge oh, one that we totally. overlook, but yeah. I think we seek that as well. Like, yeah, even if yeah. we don't realize that we are, I think, yeah, like to repeat, like even online, I guess, looking for blogs and things like that, we are seeking that support. And I think, too, something that I know a lot of people probably find hard, but it is ask for help if you feel like you need it. Like, I think for a long yes. time, I, I didn't, but now. You know, even with my husband, I'm completely, if I'm in a bad place, I'm like, I need help, I need support right now, you know, mm-hmm. I can't do this on my own. But in reality, you can, you do have the power to do it, but it can feel so hard kind of in that moment. For sure. Um, yeah. yeah. It feels yeah. like this is the worst it's going to get and it's all yeah. over. Yeah, <laughs> this is it. <laughs> Commit <laughs> me. <laughs> I'm yeah. done. Yeah. <laughs> that once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to are you sure? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I love that. Thank you yeah. so much for being on the show Thank and for being so for open and honest. Having me. Sorry for laughing. <laughs> no, it's, you're just like me. <laughs> I talk about serious things and I giggle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I know. It's. I don't know if it's anxiety or if it's just hey, me. <laughs> Yes, but so if people want to find you, they can find you on your Fight, Flight or Write account. Yes, and I'm more than happy for people like, you know, obviously I'm not a counsellor or a psychologist, but if ever they yes. want to freak out, <laughs> yet. <laughs> but um, yeah, my inbox is always open there. So, awesome. Okay. Yeah.
lovely well thank you so much um and we would love to keep hearing more about the trolley and the journey with that (laughs) keep us updated Thank you for listening to the Us Anxious Folk podcast, the podcast for the chronically overwhelmed, perpetually panicked, anxious folk in all of us. If you would like to find more about me, you can find me on YouTube at Lauren Rose or on Instagram at Lauren R underscore Rose.